Joanna, do you ever wish you could definitively prove that you had the right opinions about movies? Uh, yeah, Neil, because I do have the right opinions about movies and television. Right, Dave? No, because I'm more right about those things, and I demand trial by content. Oh boy, what is trial by content? Each week, we'll take on a huge question. Each of us will bring a choice, and combined with listener submissions and your votes, we will come to a decision. It's trial by content every Tuesday on Spotify, TheRinger.com, or wherever you're listening right now. Don't let Neil win. Don't let Dave win. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Listeners, welcome. This is Sound Only. I'm Justin Charity. And I'm Mikey Peters. We're your Sound Only co-hosts, here to record our deepest, darkest thoughts about the millennial lifestyle. Hip-hop, R&B, video games, anime. Searching for another me. <laughs> Kendrick Lamar albums. We getting the Kendrick album. <laughs> this, this Negro, we're using the proper terminology for this episode, uh... How long has it been? How long has it been since Damn? We're getting an album. It's called Mr. Morale and the Big Damn Step came out in 2017. Damn, damn, the Pulitzer Prize winning Damn album uh, uh, came out in 2017. Since we have not really seen much of Kendrick Lamar, except by way of his nephew, um, Baby Keem. Who like I think that there was like uh, like a, the the pictures were like sort of coming up over the weekend of like the two of them sitting in Keem's bedroom working on Dan together. The 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 industry trade secret quiet uh, you know open you know everybody knows thing is that basically Keem helped him craft his Pulitzer Prize winning album. And make um, no Kendrick sense. No. Really been trying to t- return the favor over the last couple of years. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I mean, like there was the, the since you know, there's been the launch of the PG Lang thing, the weird sort of Nike joint little homies commercial thing with Georgia Smith uh, uh, video. I don't know if you remember that shit. Uh, I don't. I don't. 
that came out. It was like this was like when they were announcing what like nobody knew what PG Lang was. You know, yeah, like, yeah, and they yeah. had okay. a bunch the the rollout with a bunch of like infographics and artwork and you know posters about town and like they did a Calvin Klein collaboration and so on and so forth. Um, basically, just a suite of Los Angeles niggas that didn't want to have to have real jobs, and co- corporations were paying them to look cool until uh, like they basically started putting out their own musical projects with Baby Keem. Um, like the melodic blue was really like kind of the first real PG Lang project. I want to say, mm-hmm. um, kind of a diff, like a, a a markedly different energy and presentation than uh, when he was just working with Cardo. Uh, the the Die for My Bitch album, like, is it's decidedly less punk rock, and I think poorer for it, in my personal opinion. Anyway. Um, yeah, like, I mean, like, mostly the last couple of years, you've seen him standing next to Baby Keen. Um, that and okay, here's the thing the way you've recounted the past few years of Kendrick, very dutiful, very studious. Meanwhile, me in my uh, mid 30s brain, like, all I've really held on to these past few years is that one, like, was it like a paparazzi photo? Of, of Kendrick sitting at what was presumably like some sort of music video shoot and he's sitting on a bench like by a oh payphone. a payphone like he's, he's at, like, he with like, like he's got like a towel a tied boot. around his head yeah it wearing like, like yeah. knee-high white socks and like That's you know Chuck Taylor's laced up all high and tight yeah that like yeah yes. I do remember that there, there was just kind of like Kendrick must be shooting a music video because he's looking extra but he, homeless yeah, he looked, these like, days real dramatic in that that shot <laughs> yeah I I mean like you know which typically over since uh the this the the beginning of like the real earnest beginning of Kendrick Lamar artist TM is usually you know like what uh portends an album a new album cycle um you know spotty facial hair fuzzy cornrows the like can I can I say so I like we um you remember when Dam came out the ringer, the ringer was up and running because it was like 2017, right? And I remember you, me, and, and yep. Fantasy had this conversation. I think on like Fantasy's pod or something, and it was about damn because like damn it come out. But like I remember I read one comment on like Fantasy's pod that was like that was a that was a really good discussion of to pimple butterfly, and like they were kind of right, right? Because I feel like actually maybe our most sort of probing stuff in that combo was about the previous album before damn. And so I'm thinking about this now because, like, I'm always super reluctant, right? Like, the, the you know the thing that we do in, in media, right? Where it's like something gets announced, a track list drops, a trailer drops, and it's like, oh, what's the content? And you're trying, you're trying to, to compare it to, like, you know, things that came before it or place it in a context yeah. or a constellation of things and like, immediately. Get, get yourself um, hyped for it, right? Right? Yeah. And it's like, we're, we, we never do. I feel like you and me, we're always sort of like, Oh come! On. It's a trailer. Like I don't know. Let me watch the movie. Give me, give me space. Give me space. Yeah, right? like you know, like give me the, give, give me the shit, man. Like I, like don't, don't make me like you know. I this don't give me this. I hope you're hungry for nothing. Shit. Yeah, you know. Yeah. I like I need to. I need to have the meal first, right? In order to provide public judgment, right? So instead of doing all that speculative fanfic stuff, I'm thinking of what that person said about our convo about 
Dan, which was really a convo about TPAB. And I'm thinking, okay, maybe now is a moment where you, you, you and I can sit and sort of work through like, what, is, what even is the state of Kendrick Lamar, right? Because it's like, damn, and then all the shit you said. And I just think of Kendrick as, like, pulling the move that, like, Ta-Nehisi Coates pulled. It was like, Trump won the election. He dropped his book. And there ain't nobody heard from Ta-Nehisi Coates for, like, four years. But we don't know where he is. <laughs> he in France. He in Africa. I don't know. I don't know nothing about it. Where is he? His he commentary. Yeah, it's He'd like be in an expat somewhere. But it's yeah, like, it's... especially it's drawing because it's like it'd be one thing. It, it's just the fact that like so much of the stuff that's happened in the past, like four years, five years, whatever, is stuff where you're like, oh man, this is exactly the kind of shit. This is exactly the kind of discourse that Tanasi Coates is built for, right? And Kendrick, in terms of rap music, is kind of that figure, right? Where it's like his absence. Lots of rappers like disappear for three years for no reason, and you're they come back and you're like, okay, I don't know what that was, but you're back. Kendrick, it's so conspicuous. Right. His sort of low frequency has been so conspicuous since then. And I, I don't. I don't know. It, I, I feel kind of bittersweet about the fact that Dan was the last big thing he left us with, because I, I to this day feel super kind of conflicted even about that album and conflicted about sort of like what it suggested at the time about Kendrick's musical direction or his purpose or whatever. I don't know. What do you think about Damn? I can't even remember if you like that album or not. Oh, I mean, like, I think that I think that Damn is the probably like probably first or second Kendrick album, like, and it depends upon what day of the week it is between that and Untitled Unmastered, which I mean, like, is the real, like, you're saying best? You know, you're saying first or second best? Is that? Best. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah first or second best. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that, like, you know, Untitled Unmastered is actually what I wish to Pimp Butterfly would have been. Yeah. Like, um, sort of the weird mind melding of like, you know, acid jazz and live instrumentation from a certain sort of Los Angeles musical ecosystem, but like deployed in a way that didn't feel like I was supposed to uh, like applaud it for existing. Um, Yeah. Like, and I mean, like, damn is kind of just a more like polished version of like what if like I didn't want to listen to a story but I wanted to actually listen to an album like a kind of good kid mad city thing like you know like that's what damn feels like to me um and I mean that was kind of like happening at the same time that I think one of the best pieces of that stage of Kendrick Lamar, like, um, Untitled Unmastered, Going Into Damn, like, the Kunta Groove, groove Sessions. Um, which, I mean, like, if you'll recall, were, like, those kind of smoking room, standing room, only speakeasy vibe, like, you know, spoken word, tap dancing live band uh, shows that he was doing around Untitled Unmastered, Damn, whatever. And I think it was Rawia Kamir wrote a piece in, in the Fader about like I feel bad for Kendrick Lamar just because he was kind yeah, of like I painting I himself this. into 
yeah. painting himself into a corner with like this sort of serious artistry, art must perform something and mean everything black t-shirt vibe that he had going yeah. on where yeah. it was just kind of yeah. like I have to have a standing mic and you know this sort of lighting to make my and like it was just like he didn't it, it just didn't seem fun you know like it, there was no like it didn't seem fun at all and that was like what the difference was really with like uh the damn rollout with the way the videos were shot um, like the humble video was like the most fun. I think that Kendrick Lamar, it seemed like Kendrick Lamar yeah. had been having like making a video since ever. Because I mean, like I know that you remember the Defend Butterfly videos. You know, like some of like the 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 this Dick Ain't Free video was funny, but it was just yeah. kind of like all this fucking mise en scene, and you need to Google this why this person has a Brazilian forty. You know, like it's just yeah. there's no. Like it just it just wasn't like there wasn't the the damn album cycle to me and the damn album itself was just sort of this rush of inspiration that like I don't think you can be methodical about in the same way that like Drake is or, or like I mean in the way that Drake is the way that Drake gets to stay constantly present. It's because there's no inspir like it's not his writing is not inspired, his music isn't inspired, his ideas aren't inspired. Like Kendrick Lamar's things feel like a static blast of inspiration. And then and then he disappears for five years because he's got to go be a sponge again. It feels like. Um, yes. To that so to that, like can I I, I do want to say like the thing about the thing itself feeling inspired rather than like the marketing feeling inspired. It's like, look, man, right of the past 15 years. Like to pimp a butterfly, and then the rich gang, the tour part one, are like the two rap albums that have made me think way more than any other rap albums released from. You know what I mean? Where I just the I I feel myself yeah. being the thinking man and just sitting in a very somber pose. You know what I mean? It's like I don't even mean that in a backhanded way. I mean that like. I don't always know that Tip of a Butterfly is sort of has grown on me to the point of being my favorite Kendrick album, but it's definitely the kind of album that, apart from the fact that it sounds really good and the fact that how much a dollar cost is better than lots of other rappers' entire discographies just as a single song, it's sort of that sense of like, I don't know. I think anything, I think chewing on Tip of a Butterfly and then really digging Untitled Unmastered, I never really sat with Damn like that. Damn. I feel like once I maybe wrote about it, talked about it, sat with it for its sort of release cycle, I feel like the album fell off of me, rolled off of me in a way that all the other Kendrick projects didn't. I feel kind of guilty about that, considering it's the Pulitzer Prize winning Kendrick album. And I can't tell whether I'm being... Yeah, but then again, that's that also sort of makes sense because, again, it's like that quality I was describing. Like, it's a good album to listen to. Like, it's like... Uh... Like, it doesn't feel right to call any Kendrick Lamar album fun, but like, you know, it was kind of like move it. Like, it's sort of, you know, to be in retrospect of the fullness of time, the thing that's happening with Damn is sort of what happens when you like 
get a raise of move tax brackets yeah. and then like you know all of a sudden like it's just like you know you're you're now being taxed at like a listenable out album volume or whatever <laughs> yeah. instead of you telling like a story so it's just like you know yeah this is like the most fun and listable Kendrick Lamar album has been on the flip side of like you know untitled a master since ever but at the same time it's still a Kendrick Lamar album and you're gonna it's like you know you're gonna have to have all this internal rhyme schemes and seven different voices on a song and you know uh like third person omniscient view and like you know new characters and slick rick storytelling and yeah. all this other stuff that is going to make despite it being a fun album a fun for a kendrick lamar album like a tough reap like a like it's a it's it's a lot to chew through on a re-listen you know yeah. yeah like even though like duckworth is like a like it's a fun song because of like how like lyrically dexterous it is but it is so tiresome like as a like thing you know like it's like you feel exhausted when you get to the end of it i i don't think that that's like really a, a quality that kendrick lamar can like escape in his music that's why like keem feels so slight by contrast it's like what if it was just the pure fun like sort of detached from anything or any sort of you know, the world's trials and tribulations and, like, you know, past traumas or whatever. And I mean, like, of course, you know, like, if you listen to, if you're really listening to Keem, he might be saying some shit, I don't know, whatever. But it's not the same sort of world-weary, you know, there's a war going on outside and nobody sees it but me type shit that goes on in Kendrick Lamar's music. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah. That's, like, the blackest caveat you ever... <laughs> You might be saying some shit. I what? don't know. It's whatever. <laughs> you might be saying some shit. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you, you might be saying that's, some that's like shit. That's like the black critics know, caveat. He might be saying <laughs> some shit. I don't know. It sounds like you might be preaching. I don't know. Maybe a little bit. I. It's possible. You might be preaching. Um, wait, can I read the press release? His little, I'm back. Katie Lang. Oh, yeah, it's his dry-ass PG Lang thing. Let me yeah, read the uh, following statement was released today by Oakley through his company, PG Lang, at 11 a.m. PT in Los Angeles, California. Album Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers, release date May 13, 2022. All factual information for this release will come directly from this source only. Which I can't tell is, is that some TDE? Like, here's the thing. Everybody on TDE at this point, I, I don't know what's going on with them dudes. I, I don't, they don't seem happy. Like, ever, Honestly, it, like, through, um, like eventually, like, when the project comes out on TDE, you know that yeah. it will at least be solid. Like, the art direction will be solid. The beat choice will be good. The song craft will be good. The writing will be good. Well, uh, you heard that, that J-Rock what, album from a while. Well, no, go ahead. I, I'm, okay. Yes, for the most part. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For the most part. Yeah, you okay, for the most part. For the most <laughs> part, all right, you know? We could we could nitpick if you want, but for the most part, that's like what I'm talking about is like yeah. when you think TDE, this is what you tend to think. Yeah, competently made product, competently made projects. 
that arrive at completely like indistinct times. Like it's just like there's no like it's literally if a SZA album is coming out, SZA is going to tell you one thing, Punch is going to tell you one thing, you, yeah, Top yeah. Dog is going to tell you another thing, and a different and and the Top Dog Instagram account will tell you something different than Top Dog himself. The single will be coming out for four weeks. And then another single will come out the, the next week. But then another single won't be coming out for four months. But then in four months, you get the whole album just randomly on a, on a Tuesday. You know, like it's yeah, just be, it's, when you yeah. get it, it'll be when you get it, it will be good. But you have no idea when it's going to show up. But it's, I mean, and in fairness, like, look, this is how them Rockefeller records, like, them Rockefeller rollouts were, were back in the day, too, right? Like, it's not like this isn't, it's just, I don't know. There's like, uh, yeah, sure. There's I mean, like, like, it's like, it always feels like there's this like weird one of out of the, and this weird sort of like, yeah. who is the main messenger? You know what I mean? It does, I don't know. There's something about the press release that feels weird. It's for, for some, for, for a label that sells such a family image. Yeah. Like a sort of like you know backyard, you know. Don't say cookout. Don't like, say like. Don't say it. No, I said backyard. No, I'm just like chilling, not cookout. No, like I mean, like no, no it's just like no, because like like no, that's not a cookout. Like listen, we don't do like not even fictionally, not even fictionally. Uh, there might be a grill around. Yeah, there might be a grill around. You know. But we're primarily you say cookout and on Jack Harlow shows up trying to get invited. Yeah, no, like. No yeah, I mean, like he just manifests in your like it's sleeveless hoodies manifest and you just start manifesting in your apartment if you if you mention the word cookout. Anyway, um, what I mean is that like they 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 sell this sort of like not even like sell isn't the right word, but like it is what you most closely associate with it. Like the appeal of TDE is sort of like. You know the neighborhood, like the like the like this sort of like the neighborhood unity thing that they have going on. Like, yeah. But you know what it is? They're the kind of they're the kind of label that like twenty years from now, you would want to watch the movie dramatization of TDE in a way that like you're, yeah, you're never gonna want to watch go. a movie about the OBO. Like you're not who like OVO Brian is not. You know, like be. a sh a movie about the OVO niggas would be like power, and like <laughs> a movie about yes, like the TDE niggas would be like almost know, famous or something. I don't know, a, like a singleton film yeah, or some shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah like yeah. you know, it, it's it's like yeah, you know, it, it, but 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 also within like each of with the exception of like its biggest artists like and really just Kendrick Lamar with the exception of Kendrick Lamar everybody else's rollouts is always a mess yeah. it's always like you know schoolboy Q doesn't know when his project is coming out Sis is fighting somebody to yeah. get like her hard drive back Isaiah Rashad can't get a release date yep you know, like mm -hmm. there's, it's, it's always something, some, there's like, there's always a hip hop DX conspiracy going on before the release <laughs> of the TDE album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Without fail. Without fail. You're like, right. Um, so yeah, I mean, like it's sort of, but also you would say that uh, like being an artist as big as Kendrick Lamar, where like, you know, a lot of fake 
trackless and news and stuff will come out as soon as you announce that an album is coming out. Like, you know, somebody's going to tell, say that a release date is coming this quarter based upon some number they saw somewhere. And then they're going to say that this is the official track list because they passed by a studio door and this, that, and the other thing. I think that it makes sense to say, to put out like a statement saying like, you know, official information will be coming from this source only. Sure. Like in a vacuum, that makes sense. And yeah. However, given the full history of Kendrick Lamar and TDE and album rollouts, sure, it feels like a, like a, a like a swipe, you know, feels like, feels like TDE catching a stray. But, you know, it also could just be Kendrick doing his annoying ass Humphrey Bogart thing, you know, yeah. like, you know, be here at this time and expect something, maybe. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Have you ever spotted McDonald's hot, crispy fries right as they're being scooped into the carton? And time just stands still. You know what I think? Okay, here's the thing. We were talking about Atlanta um, on the episode before this, right? And it's sort of like one thing we were working through is how much, you know, we're, we're both so far disappointed in Atlanta. And we were working through the, you know, the distinction between the stuff that's, that feels mm-hmm. bad about Atlanta now because it just feels like the writing got bad or something. And then the stuff that feels bad because it's like, dude took a four-year break, came back, television landscape is different, social, political landscape is different. You, you feel like you're receiving, you know, you as a critic have grown, things have just changed. The internet makes things feel like they've changed at this exponential rate. And so when you take a four year break, it's just sort of like shit is different dog. And to me, Kendrick is like the kind of, because he kind of does the same, like we also talk on this podcast about like moralism and criticism and shit like that. Like artists, Kendrick is one of those artists where I sort of look at him and I I hope for the best. I think he has great musical instincts, but he's also the kind of artist that more than any other kind of artist, I look at and go, um, damn, I wonder if we all have, the kind of like good faith or the kind of, I don't know, the right mindset to to engage with a Kendrick Lamar album in 2022 the way we used to. Cause it just feels like shit is so different. Like if I, I'm literally when I was trying, when I was thinking I, about like, I mean, like, listen, I mean, I, the world was so different. Yeah. Like the world, the world, like it's just, I cannot. Hip hop was different. 
hip hop is different. The way that I think about music is different. The way that I experience music is different. Um, what I want out of music is more varied and more considered and different. Like now, like it's like I don't want it to be like I have increasingly little patience for people that are my age mates telling me about the world. Which I mean, like, if you think about it, Kendrick Lamar is what, 32? 33? Yeah, I mean, like, it's like, I mean, I'm not approaching it the same yeah. way. Like, it's like, and I, sh it, like, even, like, it's, it's sort of, and I mean, that's not to invalidate the way that I was, approach I was approaching it before. It's just different now. Yep. Yeah. Um, like, I will, I will want different things out of a rap album from Kendrick Lamar. And honestly, I can't really say what those things are right now. I can just tell you things that I'm enjoying in music at the moment. And whether or not this album shows up and feels like it's in conversation with those things is something that I can't know until it shows yeah, up. For sure. For sure. I just I just say it to express it and just sort of express like I'm I'm nervous. I'm nervous in a way. I'm ne again in the same way. Yeah, 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 I'm just nervous about it in a way that I never let myself get about. You know, certainly at big old age thirty four, right? You know, I'm nervous in a way that I I'm haven't for a long time let myself get nervous about a rap album coming out. You know, like I want the best for Kendrick Lamar, and I want to believe that yeah. he. He's going to like re-enter with that kind of, again, he has like great musical sensibilities, but he, he does have this kind of philosophical and spiritual and moral perspective on the world that's distinctly him. And that comes with like his distinct force and credibility. And I'm not saying I want the dude to preach to me on his album. It's more so just that like, I don't know, he's the kind of guy where you, it's like it could go left or it could go right, right? It, it's not like a Drake album where you just know he's like, his rollout is all about like, I got to make these singles stick and I got to get this kind of song for this kind of lady, this kind of song for this kind of lady, this kind of song to get me to number one of the hot 100. Like that's the mission. Those are the mission bullets of a Drake rollout. It's like the, the, the shit that Kendrick is trying to do with the rollout usually is so different. And it's the kind of shit that it's easy to be like, man, I don't know the state of the world today. I don't know if we could deal with this. I don't know if we could, you know what I mean? It's, <laughs> It seems it feels corny to worry about. I, like but... yeah, it's just it's 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 like it's be, it's be, yeah. I mean, like it's like I can't worry about a Kendrick Lamar album because I can't worry about any impending piece of art that won't actually affect material life in the outside world. Yeah, you know I mean, like it's like there's not like a what he says about the world will not change it. I think that I've like really come to terms about that. <laughs> like in the intervening time doesn't matter who he reaches or what he says about anything it's, there's no imaginary person that's going to be you know like have their hearts and minds changed by the you know the 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 era of like you know so when somebody like you know Walter Cronkite or whoever the fuck could stand on the mountaintop yeah, and you know yeah. tell somebody about somebody about some people about the Vietnam War and have them, you know, instantly understand the way the world works in, you know, like spark consciousness and millions of Americans or whatever is gone. It doesn't exist. And it didn't exist at the time that we were talking about it. Of course, like, you know, that was just the 
the language that we were using at the time. But it's like, yo, man, the way I really feel about a Kendrick Lamar album is show that shit to me, man. Whatever. I don't really like it's like if it's if it's good, it's if it's good, great. If it sucks, I'm gonna listen to uh, you know, WTM Scoob or like, you know, whatever like any other any other strange internet rap shit I've been listening to recently. It, it will not affect me at all. You know what I mean? Like I like I hope it's good. But Yeah. Like I'm like I'm feeling similarly about the Push of Teeth, the the Push of T album. Oh like, coming do, down the yeah. pipeline. Do, dude, the put man man. Okay, uh, but that's a different thing because yeah, we've, we've been thing. hearing singles. Yeah. We've been hearing singles and that's a different thing. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, man. Like it's like I, I. Yeah, it's like I. I think that where we are is that. Like, sure. Like you, you. I think it's more like you know, worrying about what image or idea you held about Kendrick Lamar. You know when last he was, you know, present in the public eye and like, you know, sort of safeguarding that against what's probably going to show up when the album comes out in May, which will feel different and be different necessarily and probably not as essential to you. Yeah. Wait, can I ask a trivializing question? Did we ever resolve the Drake shit with him? You know I don't like talking about gossip shit. What? I don't read. I'm like I'm like I'm like Donald Glover. I don't. I'm not on the internet. I don't. I don't. Pay what do I- <laughs> That's not a part of my life. I, wait, I wait, wait, I don't, wait. What Drake? What but Drake? But do we stuff? ever? What, do, no, what, I'm saying what? like I feel like we had like this weird. Oh, the Dr- like the Drake the the, yeah, the silent like they were gonna fight each Drake. other and then they didn't. What? Why does that feel like that is resolved amicably? But like we didn't get a press release about that. Katie Lang didn't send us a press release. I about like it. I think it's like I don't know. It's just say it's like the way that people talked about Drake Kendrick. And J. Cole. And I mean, like, maybe, like, I maybe, maybe, like, it's a distinct possibility that I might have stumbled backwards into it at some point. It's very strange. Like, the way that people talked about that, the way that people talk about female rappers at any time, sort of like there's only one spot that, like, for, yeah, yeah, mega commercial successful rap star that, you know, like, either one, one of these three can occupy. And so, therefore, they must Highlander rules it and, like, you know, and and yeah. rap battle each other for supremacy. But the thing is, is that, like, Kendrick and Drake and J. Cole were always shooting at different baskets. Like, so that never really made any sense. And sure, the, like, they had, like, the stuff that, again, like, at the beginning when we were talking about the press lease, the PG Lang thing where it could possibly be about TDE, there's, there's stuff that you can find in either one of their raps that could possibly be about the other. But... Like, you know, you can say that Kendrick would wrap circles around Drake or Drake would wrap circles around Kendrick. And sure, you know, could enjoy that. Have fun. Like, I don't know what to tell you. It's like, there's not really, I don't think, I, I think it more fizzled out than got resolved because either you realize how dumb you are being or like you know your voice was crowded out by common sense <laughs> yeah or he got buried underneath like 
because this is around the same time where every three weeks Black Twitter ranked Kanye album. So it got buried under that kind of discourse. Yeah. And, uh, it was like, it, you know what yeah. it is? It's like, it feels so unsatisfying that there's not a proper memento of the fact that that Cold War even existed, right? Because it's sort of like even happened. Yeah, because yeah. it's like, if you think about, you're right. It, it felt like it kind of happened by sheer inertia, right? Because at least with like, I don't know, the, remember the, like the Jay-Z Nas beef? At least when you dug into that, it was like, damn, people was doing stuff. Doing what? Who's baby bomb in the backseat of a what? And somebody ain't cleared <laughs> a sample for dead presidents? And you know, it was like that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, it's like, like, oh, and now I, it's like with the, with the, with the, the, with the Kendrick Drake thing, it's just kind of like, you know, oh, this person has a top 10 single. Where's the other guy? <laughs> yeah, 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 it's just like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> and, and it's not like a, it's, it's not a rivalry. It's not a it's not a rivalry, you know, they know each other enough to say hello and I think like the only real annoyance comes from the mention of the other's name in an interview yeah. where you're trying to talk about your own your shit. Own yeah. Shit. It's just like I your own shit. And also poetic justice still goes. So they have something to be proud of together. They made beautiful music together anyway, but still good. Um I don't know, man. Like I said, I'm excited. I'm nervous. This album come out the day before my wedding. And actually, you know, you might think that's a complaint. It's absolutely not. Because it means that, like, I can sort of listen to the album on my own terms on the, on the long drive back from New Jersey to Wisconsin. My main take is that outside of Kendrick album, Isaiah Rashad's second project is the best thing that's come out on that label. Sun's yeah. tirade. And then what I, like, I, Like, it's, yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's it's like and and then the schoolboy Q stuff is just cool when it comes yeah. out. You yeah, know, like it's it's, cool. it's all like it's always cool. I mean, yeah. like, yeah, like this like the scissor stuff, like control control was control is still a really good album. Um I'm not going back to that place mentally. Oh my god. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it's a it's a like it's a like, I mean, you know, like, yeah, like it's, there's just, and I mean, like J-Rock puts out, regardless of what you say, I think, solid projects. Like, no, I like J, I like J-Rock. I just remember, oh, you know what? No, wait, I'm sorry. Actually, and you know what? You know what, Stefan, don't cut this. I said J-Rock. I was dragging J-Rock. You know what I was thinking of? I was thinking of the Ab Soul album. No, I remember the Absol oh, yeah. album that came out. It had Rick Ross on it. And it's like parts of it, some of the production sounds good. And then Kendrick starts spazzing out on that in the middle of the album. And that's like the best thing on the album because the saxophones all over it going crazy. But that album is just when you were talking about like, oh, and reputation for pure quality. I was just thinking about that Absol album. I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to throw a, sh- a stray at J-Rock. I meant Absol. Um no, I feel yeah, res- respect respect rock. I just want to I want to clarify one thing about Kendrick Lamar. I think I'm thinking about it in these terms and it sort of gets at why I'm nervous, why I was saying the stuff I was saying earlier in the conversation about like whether we as a culture, as a people can receive a Kendrick Lamar album in 2022 in good faith. And it's about this, right? Late in in the modern parlance People throw people throw around this term woke, right? And they mean a very particular thing, and they mean it in this very uh, new way. That is not what you and I, 
would recognize sort of classical connotations of work, right? The sort of like realize, 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 the sort of coin cell pro aware, like that sense of woke, right? And to me, the thing about Kendrick is that Kendrick is is a classically woke black man. And that to me is like an endangered mode in rap. You know what I mean? Like that it feel it's different. It hits different in 2022 when it's a whole new dimension to that word and to what like the connotations of like racial awareness and that kind of thing. And it's like mm, Kendrick in a lot of ways is a sort of older fashioned version of that. And I think we've always talked about, I think people have always talked about Kendrick as like, oh, he represents a sort of traditionalist perspective, especially in contrast to someone like Drake. But I think now, especially like Kendrick is such a weird figure. He's like this classically woke, like, you know, like gun under the pillow, like paranoid frothing raps about the government. I don't know. There's something about that mode that is like, I'm feeling especially protective of. And finding especially precious because it's not, I don't know, there are not many people who represent that, I think. Not just in rap, but like in, in the current sort of context of like black culture in general right now. Am I bugging? Am I wrong? Like, do you know what I'm saying? No, I mean, I like, I, I think that, yeah, I do know what you're saying. I just think that, like, it's, yeah. it's the same I, place like, that, are, it's that we it's the classic that the conversation that we're going to have about the album is not actually. It's like, I just already feel it getting away from, like, whether or not the album is good yeah, and yeah. rather, like, how that specific kind of blackness functions. Yeah, now. right, right. Like, you know yeah, what I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think about it. I I get what you're saying. Um, it's like no one wants to see this thing become like an object of punditry before it's even out. I, I totally get that. It's just like I think about that shit though. Just Kendrick is like a very specific dude in a lot of ways. I don't know what the I don't know what the culture is gonna do with him now. I don't know. It's a very good question. <laughs> um yeah. I don't know. You got anything else, Mike? Well, I guess we'll see you in May. Yeah. No, I mean, like I, I, like I got, I got nothing for you, yeah. listeners. Feel free to email us about Kendrick Lamar or anything else, anything to your heart's content at soundonlypod at gmail dot com. I'm Justin Charity, and I'm Mike Peters. Shouts out to our producer Stefan Anderson. We'll see y'all next week. <laughs> <laughs>